0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد وعن ثابت عن عنس رضي الله تعالى عنه قال أتى علي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنا ألعب مع الغلمان فسلم علينا فبعثني في حاجة فأبطأت على أمي فلما جئت قالت ما حبسك فقلت بعثني رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the hajatin, called it ma hajatu, culto in a ha sirun, called it la tukhbiranabisiri Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wasallam ahada. Call it anas wallahi lo had death to be ahadan la had death toka be he a thabit, Rawahu Muslim. This is the last hadith in the chapter, very brief chapter, the heading just to recap. Babu Hifz al-Sir, the chapter which deals with the importance of guarding a secret. Somebody tells you something in confidence, we should not reveal that, but we should preserve the confidence that was given to us. Thabit, who is the narrator of this hadith, narrates from Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Thabit was a, rahmatullahi was a tabi'i, that is the generation after the Sahaba, of Rasulullah sallallahu wa He was a personality who was renowned for his piety, his worship and the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he was amongst the very esteemed students of Sayyidina Anas bin Malik. Anas bin Malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, as we've seen this incident also, we mentioned it many times before, he was who were, that Sahabi who was known as Khadim Rasulullah. He was known as the servant of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The history behind this is that his mother Ummusulaim, radhiyallahu taala anha, was married to Abu Talha, radhiyallahu taala At the time when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam made Hijrat to Madinah munawwara Anas bin Malik was ten years of age. His mother brought him to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And she entreated Nabiya Park sallallahu wa sallam and she said that I am handing this child over to you as your khadim and servant. And himself he says, khadamtu, khadamtu Nabiya, وسلم, ashra I remained in the service of Rasulullah sallallahu for 10 years. So his entire youth, he was in the khidmat and service of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa and because of that he was the esteemed recipient of the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi alayhi wa sallam made dua for barkat for Anas bin Malik in his wealth, in his age. He lived up to hundred and twenty. He made barkat in his children. He says I with my own hands I buried eighty of my grandchildren. That amount of children Allah ta'ala gave him, the progeny of Anas bin Malik. Among obviously being in the khidmat of Nabi pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Many many ahadith are narrated from him. Many life lessons he learnt from Rasulullah sallallahu wa And Particularly the ahadith that are narrated by Anas bin Malik r.a are of extreme importance. Because from these ahadith we learn what I just mentioned, life lessons. From the direct conduct, what he observed of the conduct of Rasulullah wasallam, Particularly from the point of view of a young child or a young man. Amongst his students was Sabit, Rahmatullah a great Tabi'i. He passed away in the year 123 after Hijrah and 250 ahadith are narrated by Sabit. So Sabit narrates from Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu that Anas bin Malik says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa came to me one day Whilst I was playing with the other children Fasallama alayna, Rasulullah wasallam made salam to all of us Here also, here already is a very very important lesson Al-Ba'di ubi salam bariya min al-kibr Rasulullah wasallam said the one who makes salam first Doesn't wait for other people to greet him He makes salam first Rabbi Islam said, Bariya min al kibar Such a person is free from pride. Today, sometimes when somebody is working for you, you're a boss, he's your employee, you wait for him to make salam to you. That is against Sunnah. These are little children that were playing on the street. Yet, Allah's Rasul himself makes salam first. And not just salam to adults, salam to little children. So from this we learn the importance of salam. Salam is du'a and salam is a great sunnah. That is another chapter on itself which will come later on. But we should try and bring this great sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam alive. Make salam. Salam should be common amongst us. And don't wait for others to make salam to you. You walk into the house, your wife, your children, you come into contact with all the time your staff, people are working for you, Away, you are working, make salam common. rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam from this we learn the humility of Rasulullah wasallam and the beautiful akhlaq of Nabi sallallahu alaihi Now the great thing or great benefit of this is that when adults will regularly make salam to children, we will in, imbibe in the children the importance of salam. And from that young age, they will get the training for them also to make salam. So for the rest of the life of that child, because of you making salam, you planted the seed. من Sunnatan Hasana سنة said, when you introduce a good sunnah, a good practice, then you get the reward and the reward of everyone who practiced upon it. So for the rest of the life of that child, if the child makes salam, the mercy of Allah is such that you will get the reward of that salam also. So coming back to this incident, Nabi Ha-Paak made salam alayna to all of us. And thereafter, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent me on some errand. Next question, Is it permissible to utilize children for one's errands? if they are not your own children. In this instance, we learned the important lesson in Shariat, yes, it is permissible. Why? Because Anas bin Malik's own mother requested Rasulullah to use Anas bin Malik ta'ala anhu for his chores and his service. One condition Ulamah Ikram mentioned is that don't use a child, someone that is young or immature, for something that is beyond their capability. Use them for something that is within the purview of their maturity and understanding. In this instance, we can see Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala who was more than capable of carrying out the errand of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam because he displayed a very great level of maturity and understanding and perception, particularly for someone of his age, as we'll see later on in this incident. He says, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam." sent me on some errand, as a result of which I delayed meeting my mother. Mother was expecting him for whatever reason, got late. He says, I got late. When I got late, finally when I came, she said to me, what delayed you? Where were you? Like any parent will ask a child, child got late, where you was? What happened? But he says, "Nabi sallallahu alaihi sallam sent me for some work or some errand." Naturally, normal curiosity. What work did he send you for? Not that she doubted what he said. This is normal conversation. You got late, oh I went for something, or I had to do an errand, or somebody sent me for some. Work. What work they sent you for? Normal question she asks. What does he respond in sirun. It is a secret. Nabizl Auzam sent me on some private errand. As we mentioned previously, Anas bin Malik displayed unusual maturity for his age. A little child normally forget keeping a secret will not even understand the importance of a secret. Yet Nabizl Auzam entrusted him not just with some errand, a private errand. The commentators of the hadith say that it was probably something to do with the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Some private work which he didn't want others to know about. So he entrusted this secret to Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The le- important lesson that we learn and why Imam Nawi rahimahullah has introduced this particular hadith in this chapter was what was the reaction of Umm Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala anha when she heard this response from Anas. A little child says, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sent me on a private errand. What normally will happen today, straight away, you know what, tell me what he said to you or tell me what he sent you for. Our curiosity will be such that we will not preserve the importance or the sanctity of the private work of someone else. We are very curious, we want to know about it. And if the child for whatever reason refuses to reveal it, what we will say is that, you know what, we will put pressure on the child. Or we might say, you know what, tell me, don't tell anybody else. Tell me the secret, don't tell anyone else. What we don't realize, my respected brothers, by doing that kind of thing, what are we actually doing? One is, it's wrong to probe or pry into the business of someone else. Something that doesn't concern you, stay out of it. It's got nothing to do with you. You should not be Curious about the secrets or the private work of somebody else. That is the one thing. Second thing, what is the seed that you are planting in that child? By putting pressure on that child to reveal that secret. Or to break the amanat and trust of someone else. Or you may even qualify it by saying, tell me and don't tell someone else. What you are actually doing for the rest of the life of that child, you are teaching the child the wrong lesson. And this is something that we have to be very, very careful about with our own children. What are the seeds that we plant? We may think it's a slight indiscretion. But for the rest of the life of the child, the child is all the time absorbing lessons from the parents. They, their value systems are being set up. If we set up the correct value systems, they will practice the correct thing, we will get the reward. If you set up the incorrect value systems, then the negative effect of that also we will be answerable for for the rest of the life of that. Particular child. So, what was the reaction of Umm Sulaim radiallahu taala anha? Coming back to this incident, Anas bin Malik says, "Inna It was a secret. Namislausam confided me something private. Immediately, la bi sirri sallallahu alaihi sallam. This is taqkid in Arabic. This is stress. This is emphasis. She said, "My son, for the rest of your life, never divulge the secret of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi sallam." Somebody entrusted you with a secret, somebody somebody entrusted you with an amanat, she said never ever divulge or reveal that. Even for herself also, she did not, she stopped there and then, she did not probe any further as to what it was that that he had been sent for, and it would have been very easy for her to find out, to put pressure on him. Yet, she taught him this very, very important lesson. And we also should learn this lesson, particularly when it comes to our children that plant the correct seeds, teach the correct lessons. Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala who concludes this particular incident, he, he narrated this entire incident to Thabit, his student. Obviously thereafter narrated it onwards. Anas bin Malik says to Thabit, Wallahi, I take oath on Allah. If I had to reveal this particular secret to anyone, I would have told you about it. Thabit, I would have told you about it if I was going to reveal the secret to anyone. In other words, one, do not divulge the secret. Secondly, why did he say this to Thabit? From this also, we learn a very, very important lesson. When somebody is close to you and somebody is your student, the ustar must display love and affection for the student. And naturally, Anas knew that Thabit would be very, very curious as to what it was, what was the secret. He has now passed away. So what's, what's wrong with divulging the secret? Yet, he does not divulge the secret, but he says, if I were to tell anyone, I would have told you. Showing love, showing affection, showing regard for his student. So you want people to benefit from you. If you're in a position of authority or leadership, show love and affection for those that are and then, uh, under you or those whom you are training. Like your